What's happening, people? Fadson here, and welcome to episode 16 of the Fadson Podcast. As always, I'm not on my own. I'm joined by none other than my right hand man. It's Mr. Player Player, Mr. Shelf Life, Mr. Shelfie, Mr. Stocks and Bonds, Mr. Whatever you want to call him. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even know where to go with it myself, but you guys know the drill by now. He is my brother from another. He is part of the furniture at the Fadson Podcast. It's none other than. Mr. C to the J, what you saying, bro? Hey, 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 we out here, boss. Thanks for having me again, man. It's all good. You need to stop with this thanking me stuff, man, as I keep on saying. This episode is called Ollie Out. And for those that don't know or aren't entirely sure what we mean by that, we are going to be discussing Manchester United and, more importantly, the recent dismissal of um, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer from his role as Manchester United manager and being one of those episodes where we do discuss Manchester United which I know you all absolutely love to listen to <laughs> we've brought back our day one Mr. Sean a superstar welcome back to the Fats and Podcast Sean what are you saying bro yeah yeah what's going on guys um as always a pleasure to do these with our Tuesday ones uh it's a topic that's close to the heart, so looking forward to looking forward to this one. Yeah, so am I. It's going to be an interesting discussion and debate, as 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 always. Um, and the last time the three of us were together, we introduced the world to <laughs> to the wrestling club, which which was amazing. Do you know what? Like the stories we told alone, just in that episode, were just brought back so many memories. And I got so many messages off the messages, sorry, off the back of it, just talking about how how people got really stuck in and involved in listening to the way in which we told stories about our past and our childhood. But uh, <laughs> you know what, boys? It was it was something special. Yo, Shano, I, I just hope you know, like, people are still trying to figure out who were... Let's try to get, like, the 19 girls at the disco. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, we, we, we can't be mean like that, though. We can't be mean like that. we gotta, we got to keep the cards close to our chest. Unless they send us a big check, I'm not telling anyone. <laughs> uh, wrestling Club is, is a classic. You know, I really appreciate you for being on the Wrestling Club, man. You are. You made this so spectacular and special, man. You're such a don. Bro, bro, it's an absolute pleasure. It was such a... It, it's a topic that's close to our hearts. We, we sort of... We loved it. It was part of our being, part of our growing up. There's no one better to talk about it than to you guys. I mean, CJ, you're the one, you're the one who introduced us to it, so... Shano, the thing is, we couldn't have done it without you, no matter how you look at it. And I personally couldn't have done it without the two of you. And for me, what makes it even more special when I listen back to it, and, and even even when I just think about it, <laughs> some of the stories that we tell, I think as, that's what makes it special. That's what makes these podcasts even even more amazing, is, is, is trips down memory lane. Honestly, it was... I loved that episode. Recording that episode was one of one of my favorites, my favorite things ever. You know, <laughs> I told you, I told, I told you since day one, Sean was a good man. Like everyone, everyone saw in the stories, like damn, Sean was a real good. Sean, you're the one that surprised me the most in in that whole episode. You were on like CJ levels with some of the stuff you were coming out with. Even I was like, damn, Sean. <laughs> But that's what makes it even special, man. That's why even that's what makes it even more special is the fact that that we just don't hold back, and um, and I forgot how much of a legend you you, you can be at from time to time, Shana. You know, <laughs> but yeah, bro, welcome back to the Fat and Podcast, man. Thank you, thank you. In all honesty, I could have. There's so much more to share. I'll be honest with you guys. There's like 
I have so many great memories of growing up. So if we ever do it again with something else, M- I months have plenty, and years, months plenty, and years, months and years, months and years, months of years, and plenty more six-digit numbers. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your lane. That's all I'm gonna say. If you know, then you know. <laughs> But boys, this is the Ollie Out episode, and as you both know, I was a big fan of the whole Ollie's at the wheel thing and giving him time, probably for sentimental reasons, but let's not get into that right now. However, before we actually start discussing the reason why we're doing this episode, CJ, I think you have some explaining to do because you talked a lot of shit in our in our Premier League preview episode, which I feel... Now is the perfect time for you to, you know, to to address what you said and 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 come clean if if that's what you're gonna do. But I've got a feeling, in true CJ fashion, this might not work out in the way I I, I think it will in my head. But um, what have you got to say, bro? What you saying? Dad, <clears throat> I won't even lie to you, man. It's, it's um, it's desperate times for me right now, man. I uh, every every Saturday I wake up and watch the Prem and I'm like I just look like a dickhead right now. <laughs> Yep, I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. You do. You really, really, really do. I said, I said Liverpool were the 30 year old virgins, and uh, I have to backtrack on that. You Liverpool fans, um, you're not 30 year old virgins anymore, man. You're just uh, two year old fumblers, man. <laughs> so um, I just want to get this straight real quick. So you guys, you come to Old Trafford. <laughs> You spank us up 5-0, but then you go back home to Anfield and you draw 2-2 to uh, Brighton, and then you lose 3-2 to West Ham. Dude, proper fumbling behavior, man. You guys already listened to Relationships Podcast, man. Proper fumbling behavior, man. You guys wanted me to apologize to Liverpool, so I, I, I said I apologize, man. You guys are not virgins anymore. You're fumbling, man. So. What are we going to do with you, CJ? There he is, Mr. Controversial. I told you, like, nah, nothing nothing surprises me anymore. I could do with a bit of fumbling right now myself. <laughs> I think we need that, to be honest. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fumble game is strong, eh? Oh, CJ, yeah, by the way, what is it you called Arsenal? The, um, the Unforgettables, was it? <laughs> Any anything you want to say about that? And they they're above us in the table right now, man. I mean, that's crazy though. I still forgot they're above us in the table, man, because I saw them get smacked up by Liverpool four 0 as well. So I was like, oh well, uh, clearly you're not who as good as you thought you were. So I'm like, whatever, man. It's still Arsenal, man. Uh, call me when the season's over, Arsenal. Then we'll talk about it, man. Enjoy your little run when no one was watching you. The code man is still in charge, though, bro. No, that's... I mean, that's the funny thing about Arsenal, man. Just just watch how, like, everyone forgot about them, and then they went on a little run, right? But then they go back on TV, we see them again on TV, and they get slapped up 4-0 again. And it's it's back to square one, man. That's why I told you they're unforgettable, man. They should call me when the season's over, then we'll see what happens, okay? <laughs> Yeah, um, boys, it's just dawned on me. I just I can't believe I forgot. Um, so Slippy Gerard, sorry, Stephen Gerard. <laughs> sorry, I had to. <laughs> Stephen Gerard is back in the Premier League um, at Villa. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, he's back. It's. It, I'm not gonna lie. It's good to see him back in the league. Good to see him. Sort of. I feel like I feel like Stevie's sort of. He, he's. 
he's done it the way you should do it. You know, you, you had guys like like Lamps and Solskjaer that got given a big job straight away and got found out pretty quickly. With Stevie, he sort of, I don't know, he, 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 he went to Rangers, sort of made them winners again. Coming back into the in, into the Premier League to Villa, I feel like he's got a good he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got a good plan, and I don't know. I think he'll do well. I personally think he'll do well, and be fair, <laughs> good on him if he does. But yeah, it, it's good to see him back. It's nice to see him back in the league. Hopefully, we give him a good spanking, but it's nice to see him back. Yeah, but he also had a really really good plan. I remember when he put his team in a huddle, and his words were. We do not let this slip. We do not let this slip. And we all know what happened next. I don't know, unless you guys want me to, to remind you, but, but I, you know what? I shouldn't really. We all know what happened next, right? So, oh, you know what? I think, I, think, I think he was telling them. He, he, he forgot, to, forgot to remind himself. I think he was telling them, yeah, yeah, yeah don't slip, don't slip. <laughs> and we all know that next. <laughs> oh wow, Sean! <laughs> Honestly, that's comedy gold. I do not care how old it gets. How ma- how many people come up to me and they say to me all the time, "You're not bored of talking about it." No, I'm not bored of talking about it. It is the funniest thing that ever fucking happened. It was brilliant. It was comedy gold. And yes, I'm a Man United supporter, and it was it was brilliant. It was just just brilliant. Do you know what? I tell you, I tell you a little story. The funniest thing is one of one of my close friends, yeah, close close family friends, um, head of a footballer, probably one of the best footballers I've ever played with. Die hard Liverpool fan. And when I say die hard, this guy will bow down to Steven Gerrard and kiss the guy's feet. But what does he go and do? He makes his best man at his wedding a United fan. And you know what that guy did? In front of 600 people in this reception, at his wedding speech, he put up on screen Steven Gerrard's slip. My man was livid, bro. Livid. Imagine, can you imagine that happening on your wedding day? Oh my God. Ridiculous. Shano, it sounds to me like your boy is the one that let it slip there. <laughs> I'm not even sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. It is what it is. <laughs> CJ, what are you saying, bro? Oh, my bad. You guys are still talking about Steven Gerrard? Steven Gerrard? Come on, man. Please, stop it. Mr. Mister, I've never won a Premier League title in my life before. You guys are still talking about Stevie. CJ, how many times, man? I, I've told you this before. Like... You need to stop giving the guy so much stick. He has gone and won a Premier League before. He's done it. He's won the Premier League. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do this. <laughs> the Scottish <laughs> Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, honestly. <laughs> this is brilliant. Oh, yeah, by the, by the way... um. While we're talking about things we did say, you remember I told you Harry Kane is not worth 150 billion pounds? Yeah. How's Harry Kane looking these days, man? How's Harry Kane looking these days, man? Looks like he looks like the player I thought he was, man. Oh, oh I'm sure he scored goals. Do you do good for my team? Score goals, score goals. Just wanna, just wanna help the team, help the team. You know, even, even if I don't actually score, I'll, I'll claim that I did score. And you know, yeah. even when I score. 
against like Albania and stuff, I'll, I'll pretend it is, it's for Tottenham because I love playing for Tottenham. Always want to play for Tottenham. What's exactly. a what? What's exactly. a wallet? And before we have to continue because I told you that boy Jack Grealish wasn't worth that hundred million pounds either, man. How's Jack Grealish looking? They don't even use him for Champions League games, bro. Hundred million pounds for Jack Grealish. No one's gonna talk about that, is it? Yeah, none of you dudes are gonna talk about Jack Grealish right now. We see it. We see it. Well, it's great. Grealish lost it when he tried to do the. You try to get the sort of Beckham curtains on go. I was just like, nah, man. <laughs> There's only one other person that can rock the David Beckham curtains other than David Beckham. And that's our boy Sean, a superstar over here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, boys. Exactly, man. So, I mean, um, like I said, man, um, I know I did get a lot of stuff wrong. Um, like I told you Liverpool are 30-year-old versions anymore. Just fumblers, and obviously Chelsea. You know, we never got about Chelsea because Chelsea's looking dominant right now. But I, I, I still, I still fall asleep when I watch Chelsea play. Don't get it twisted. And uh, Luke, Ronaldo still got more goals than Lukaku right now. I had a bet with someone about Ronaldo versus Lukaku. So Ronaldo still got more goals than Lukaku right now. Bro, Ronnie, Ronnie's just that guy, man. Ronaldo is and forever will just be that guy. There's enough said about that. Full stop, end of story. Man's calling out Ronnie, saying, Ronnie, Ronnie is a problem. Fuck that, man. Man's done no shit. This boy is it. The only reason Solskjaer stayed for so long is because of this lad. Like, no, I mean, Shano, apparently Ronaldo messed up the whole balance of the team. I'm like talking like, what? Which balance are you talking about? Rashford and Martial? That's the balance you're talking about? Like, oh, stop. stop it. Stop it. You, you, you guys, are, you should be happy in the presence of a god, man. Like, come on, man. Because, Fed, we're getting into the CR7 topic right now. So, um, so Shano, Fed, <clears throat> we're talking about the season right now. So, obviously, uh, we signed uh, Jaden. Sancho, number 25. We signed uh, Varane. Unfortunately, he has to take the number 19. He's injured right now. And obviously, we signed God himself, CR7, Cristiano Ronaldo. So, Shano, Pat, I will lie to you, boys. You know, I've always been hesitated about signing Ronaldo back. Always been hesitant to sign Ronaldo back to United. And my main reason for being hesitant about, like, Ronaldo signing back to United is because I knew he would have to watch this bullshit take place. You know what I mean? Ronaldo's an old player now. He's 36. He's about to turn 37 in February. And it's like, Ronaldo is in a win-mode situation right now. So it's... It's not like I, I didn't want him back at United, but I didn't want him to see the bullshit us guys have gone through the last 10 years. Just imagine if Ronaldo had to play with, like, Fellaini right now. You know what I mean? Like, waiting for, like, a header from Fellaini just to convert it in. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, waiting for, like, under Herrera to have a good game. Or, like, waiting for Van Gaal not to be, like, boring as shit that day. You know what I mean? Like... We've seen a lot of things happen with the United squad. That's why I, I never really wanted Ronaldo to come back to United. Because I was scared he would see all the bullshit we've gone through. And now, 
he's kind of seeing all the bullshit we've gone through. I mean, that's what really hurts my soul to this point. But he's back in the team. He's a legend still, so I know he'll handle this situation. But he's back, boys. So how, how do you feel about these first three months having CR7 back in the squad, seeing what we've been through, man? For me, it's it's bittersweet. It's one of those. Of course, of course, you're buzzing that Ronaldo is back. We never, we never thought he'd come back, and the whole you know City going in for him, and then we swooped in last minute. That that's one thing in itself. Then there's the controversy over the the number seven shirt, which again, don't get me started on that because uh, again, I could, I could, I could talk, I could go on and on about that, but let's not talk about that. And then there's the whole, the whole, you know, he's he's coming into a team that's riddled with bullshit, pretty much off on the pitch. We were just so disjointed. Um, I had so many people say to me, you know, it's a great move for the Premier League, which I agree with. And there was a handful of people, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea fans, that were saying to me as well, like, do you know what? It's also a great move for you guys, for United, because we all know what he's capable of doing. And he's got this, he's a sort of player that, that can change a game, as we've seen, but will also, or can also carry the team, which he has done under Oli. He did carry the team. Um, I think the, the hardest thing in all of it was, you know, the fact that, you know, bad management. He's walked into team, like I said, riddled with bullshit. And unfortunately, as much as I was, you know, I, I tried to believe in the process and, and trust in, you know, you know, the whole in Ollie we trust. And the, the, the big problem for me was, or is, or not anymore, was Ollie was at the wheel. Do you know what I mean? And and that in itself didn't exactly help. I think he needs to be, he needs to be in a team that's managed by someone that knows exactly what they're doing, someone with a good track record and someone that's, that, that tactically understands the game better than Oli did, and it hurts me to say that because Oli was a club legend, and uh, and we, we you know we've we've seen we've seen Oli Oli Gunnar Solskjaer the player do amazing things for United, but um sometimes I think you just got to put that behind you, we really do, um and in this instance, let's see what happens next, you know. And Shadow man, how how's your first three months seeing the boy CR seven back? And Shadow, you know. Me and you, we've always argued about uh, CR7 coming back to United, you know what I'm saying? So how, how do you feel about this? I, I'm not going to lie, I loved it. I loved the, the day he signed. I was just, I felt like a little kid again. I felt so excited, thrilled on his debut, scoring a couple of goals. It was just, you know, it felt you felt like you were in dreamland. And I mean, we, honestly, he's the only thing that's kept me going this season. Just, just having that thrill of him scoring goals again, getting us out of trouble again. But unfortunately, unfortunately, we we, we had a guy that just it, it's just playing out of his depth. You know, Oli was just playing out of his depth, and like I love the guy as a player. He's a crazy legend, club legend. But it, it was it was clear that it, it was clear. To be honest, it was clear when he was he was caretaker manager. It, I I wasn't getting so excited that uh, he was he was going to be given a full time contract and stuff like that. I wasn't getting excited, but he was used to out of his depth. And unfortunately, Ronaldo's come at a time. I feel like we should have had this transfer window three years ago. Had we had this transfer window three years ago, I think I think things some things would have been different. But it's great having him back, and I think he's still got a lot to give. It, uh, the players have got a lot to learn from him. 
I think a lot of players can learn a lot from him. Yeah, I don't buy this argument that, oh, oh, he doesn't press, he doesn't run for the ball, he doesn't do that. He's Cristiano Ronaldo. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. You know, we're not a pressing, we weren't a pressing team before he came. Yeah. So I, I don't get the, the, the argument that he's stopping us being a pressing team. We weren't a pressing team before that. So it's just, yeah, it's just people trying to scapegoat someone. He's been doing his job. He's really scored 10, 11 goals already this season. Like, what can he do? He can't defend. Everyone. No, but Shano, you know, you know, I'm I'm happy you brought that along. Like, um, obviously, um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was the man who signed uh, CR7. He's, he's really the manager who signed him because he said three years ago. So three years ago is probably Mourinho time. That was, but I I might have to say that was probably the wrong time for CR7 because that time he was in Madrid, you know, so they were winning Champions League. So that that was that was a bad time. But obviously he's still back. Bef- before we get into the Oli discussion, I just want I just want to let all the young bulls know because there's a lot of youngsters out there who just think we just hate on like Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Because I know that a lot of young Ole fans right now, oh, he's a great manager, you know, guys don't know anything. I'm like, no, you don't know anything because you've never seen Fergie, you know. But the thing is, I, I want to tell the youngsters, like, look, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he was one of my favorite players at United. You ask me about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the player, the football player, Ole Gunnar was a sick player, man. He's one of the coldest strikers I've ever seen in my life, man. Like, he could place the ball in any corner of the goal, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was even playing on the right wing when David Beckham was in the team. You remember that the, uh, Bex's last year? Sosa has been a baller, man. If, if you know if you know your football, Sosa has been a, he's been an ill player, man. As a striker, one of the coolest strikers I've ever seen, man. Like, he, he, as a finisher, he was just sick with it, you know what I'm saying? But as a manager, we had to call him out for what it was, man. It was too much happy-go-lucky, I want to be Sir Alex Ferguson, but no details. You know what I'm saying? And in this league where like Pep and Klopp and now Tuchel exist, you can't be a happy-go-lucky manager, man. There has to be details to your game. And for Man United, you just had to go. Am I am I lying, boys? No, you're not lying at all. For me, the hardest thing was the lack of consistency. That's what I really, really struggled with. We've discussed this so many times. And it'll just, it'll just, it'll completely just, just mess with my head how he'll go and put on a tactical masterclass against Guardiola and make it look so easy. And then, you know, a week later would go, would go to Burnley, for example, and get battered. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just no consistency whatsoever. You know what I mean? And that was frustrating in itself. I look back at the PSG game and I was talking to Sean on the phone the other day about this and... You know, you look back at it now and you think that was just a flash in the pan. I know everyone was raving about it, but like there, there was nothing really to it. You know, don't get me wrong. We played, we, we, we played brilliantly. We turned the tie around. But again, just just so inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that PSG gave everyone, a lot of people on a high after it, got, got overexcited. I'm like, look, it's different if you go on and win the Champions League. But people forget what happened in that, in that quarterfinal to us. Yeah, Barcelona absolutely dicked on us, and they're not even not even a great Barcelona team. Yeah, they're they're a decent team, not a great team, and they absolutely made us look like children. And uh, I mean, the the problem was there was no there was no identity on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah, it, uh, against some big teams, yeah, we could play 
get lucky on a counterattack. And yeah, we counted very well. But if, if you think about the amount of times, and yeah, we had this great away record last season, but you think about the amount of times we've been behind in games at halftime. And it's it's been a lot of individual brilliance that has got us out of that. Nothing more. Nothing nothing to do with tactics in here. Like, if you look at if you look at that defense now, I feel like they're, they're all they're all worse than when we signed them. They're not a well coached team. We're not a well coached team, you know. And and to see to see players like that being unable to do basic things that that goes out to that does and, and not just Ole Gunnar Solskjaer that goes down to the whole coaching staff. So you, you've got to you've got to point fingers at them as well because it's their job to coach. Obviously, the manager's got to have a philosophy, his own philosophy, and that's another issue we'll get on in a sec. He didn't have a plan. If you look at all these great managers, they all have a plan. They all have an idea of how they want to play football. Proactive, not a reactive approach. Yeah? Not an approach to try and to try and sort of um, match up the opposition and sort of just, just play to... How do I say it? Like mitigate their strengths, yeah, and use that for, and then sort of nick a goal at the end. But we 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 didn't go out and dominate games, and you know all, all this stuff about oh playing the United way. I you saw it in flashes, but sorry, that wasn't the United way. We used to dominate teams. We haven't dominated a team in a long time. Yeah, Sean, remember you said to me on the phone the other day as well. What is the United way? Exactly. This is another. This is another myth that we have. That oh, there's a a certain way you've got to play football and a certain way you've got to win games. I'm sorry, I'm happy with winning games. Yeah, yes, you want you want a bit of attractiveness to the football and stuff like that. But the United way, I'll give you an example. Our '99 team, the way our '99 team played football, we played four four two. We had flying fullbacks going through on the overlap, a lot of crosses, bit of intricate play, scored a lot of goals. Our '08 team. Completely different dimension. I know football had changed at the time as well, and everyone was playing 4-3-3. We were playing 4-3-3, but we had different kinds of players in there. And this is this is what Ferguson did so well. He would adapt to the kind of players that he had to play the kind of football that you need to play. Yeah. So the, there is no this this whole United Way thing. And if if we were playing the United Way under Solskjaer, I don't think we'd be playing five at the back and two holding midfielders in big games as we did under him many times. So if that's the United Way, then uh, I, I, I just no, didn't I see mean, it. It was all a bit, it was masked. It was all quite masked. Yeah, and CJ, what about you? What are your thoughts on it all? No, I mean, uh, for me personally, Shadow, I mean, uh, for as long as I've been watching the team, Especially in our glorious, you know, the way he's scoring goals, man. We always used to score a lot of goals. Even with Oli, like, we weren't even scoring a lot of goals or creating a lot of chances, man. You know what I mean? Like, because if you, if you look at the Fergie years, we always had a golden boot winner or there'll be top two in the, in the charts. You know what I'm saying? Like, always had a six striker. Like, it's never happened on Oli. And then now he brings in Ronaldo and people have the nerve to say, like, oh, Ronaldo messed it up. Come on, man. Imagine giving Fergie, like, even this version of Ronaldo right now. Stop it. Man, then, Percy, imagine what Fergie would have done with Ronaldo right now, dude. Like, it, 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 it kills me sometimes, man. Like, Oli, what happened with Oli, man? And we just have to tell the truth. He just wasn't good enough, man. He just wasn't good enough. And he was given all the resources, man. He spent £450 million man, 
He spent £85 million on Maguire. He spent £50 million on Juan Bissaka. He spent another £40 million on Bruno Fernandes. They gave him Cristiano Ronaldo as a gift, man. He, he had Jaden Sancho. You know Jaden Sancho, they're going to give him £120 million for Jaden the previous year. And the club had to say, no, 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 let's, let, let's, let's calm this price tag down. So we bought it for $72 million. But he still got Jaden Sancho. He got Varane as well. What 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 more do you need, Oli? What more do you need? No, I, I agree. And and I, I think what that the thing is what that knee-jerk reaction in in 2019 has done is who who are we in the market for now? Mauricio Pochettino. Who who would we have got in 2019 had we waited till the end of the season to see how Ole Gunnar Solskjaer does? There was no reason to, to offer him a full-time contract. On the back of that PSG game, there was no reason. You could have still waited. It's not like he was sitting there, oh, I need a full-time contract now, I'm going to leave. He, he, he would have stayed till the end of the season anyways. Regardless, there was no there was no, no reason at all. No logical reason for that to happen. So, it, it's again, it's, it's a mistake at the top. They, they got a bit... And also, I mean, the, the noise around with all the pundits and stuff like that, all our Class 92 boys saying all that stuff, we didn't need that noise. And it caused a knee-jerk reaction. They could have waited. It could have been a bit patient. I agree with you, Sean. I think, like you said, the noise that the pundits were making, especially like the the ex-players, which I'm sure we're going to get onto very soon because you guys have some strong opinions on those. Um, We gambled too much on sentiment, I think, which, do you know what? As a supporter, as a fan, you know, you you want him to do well. He is Oli Solskjaer, he's the baby-faced assassin. But I look back to what we did. Remember when we gave you Giggs at 10th season? Remember that that season, you know? You gave it to Ryan Giggs, put him in the dugout, put the suit on, and let him ride out the end of the season. This is what you've got to do, you know? And at the end of the season, cool, you've done your bit. And uh, we brought Van Gaal in. I don't understand why we gambled so heavily on sentiment, which I believe is the reason why Oli got given the, the contract extension. And at the time, as a fan, I was like, you know, I was buzzing for it, man. It is, like I said, it's Oli Solskjaer. You know, the Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, the player, and Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, the manager, are two different, two different people, man. Two different people. A great footballer won't always make a good manager. Do you know what I mean? I think, that, I think there's no doubt that we all wanted him to do well. 100%. I would have loved for him to do well. I would love for him to to be, you know, the way Pep Guardiola was at Barcelona, you know, coming through, coaching the youth team and then coming straight into the first team and like being like a duck to water sort of thing straight away, making them the best team in the world. I would have loved for that to have happened. But unfortunately, you, there were signs. There were signs. And I know we, we had won, I don't know, what was it, 14 games in a row or something um, when, he, when, he, when he came in. But... I, I wasn't Shadow. convinced yet, and I was never. I wasn't happy that they came. Shadow, so I, I, like, I, I remember the whole era because me and you, at the time when he signed the contract, me and you looked at each other and were like, oh, "What are these guys doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was such a bonehead move because at the same time we're like, um, "This is why we're a badly run club." Because Chelsea, and I hate, I hate Chelsea. I hate bringing them up, but Chelsea would have never like. Signed him up just because he's on a winning streak. Chelsea would have used that winning streak just to get in the top four. Whereas we, we, he won a winning streak, a hot streak, you know what I mean? Then we signed him up. Then we, we won like two games after that. We lost 4 0 to Everton. I mean, it's a different story. If, if we had gone on to win the Champions League, yeah, that year, 
yeah. that's a different story. You know, then fair enough, you give him a crack and you can see what he does. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, I mean, you, you couldn't give a guy a crack just on momentum itself. And this was momentum because, yeah, fair enough, there were a lot of players in that squad that were unhappy under Mourinho. And uh, they, they sort of released the shackles a little bit. Shadow, you know what the thing is? You know I hate a Mourinho. You know I hate a Mourinho. I, I just never liked Mourinho because since back in the day, I just, I've, just, I've never liked Mourinho. I don't, I've never liked the style of play. But um, even to even to that point, Mourinho was never that bad for like the whole fan base to be like, oh, it's like, oh, disgusting. Because we have to call out people like Gary Neville. Gary Neville was on TV screaming, give him the contract right now. Gary Neville was on TV doing that, man. We never said give him the contract. It was guys like Gary Neville and Rio Ferdinand on TV like, yo, I'll just let him sign right now. Yeah, and this is why I said earlier, I think the media and the pundits, I think, played a massive, massive role in in, in the amounts of pressure that the club were put under um, in making it a permanent move. It's like I said to you, CJ, the other day on the phone, it's, it's you know, it's their boy, it's their friend. Imagine the three of us, like, you're going to back your friend regardless. But I think the problem is, you know, you need to look at the bigger picture and the club needed to be smarter and, and look at the fact that, you know, yeah, these guys, these guys are, are friends, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're pundits, they're in the media now. However, this is Manchester United Football Club. And we're not going to make a decision purely based on the fact that, Gary Neville and Rio Ferdinand and, and whoever else have said he's gone on a good run, sign him up right now. I think that pressure, I, I just don't understand where, where the logic came from, you know, from the club. Do you know what I mean? Fed, you know, the thing is, the thing is, a lot of these people think like the way Guardiola did it or, you know what, I won't even say Guardiola, the way Zizou did it at the point. But people forget like Zizou was handed like Bale, Ronaldo, uh, Benzema, Modric, Cruz, Marcelo, Ramos, Varane. Those were the people, like, Zizou had to work with, man. And I mean, like, Zizou was given a world-class team from the get-go, man. Guardiola, like, learned from the Mestaya, and he was always a genius about it. The way it happened with Oli was, like, more like, we're living off, like, just, uh, just, uh, just a high right now. And then we go... To PSG and beat them 3-1. But that was like the knockout groups. We're acting like we've never won the Champions League before. And that's what kills me the most. It's like, we, we've seen our team win the Champions League. Boys, we've seen our team win a Champions League, go to, the, go to another Champions League final and lose, and then go to another Champions League final and get spanked up at Wembley, man. We've seen these things. It's not like we've never seen our team ever, ever be in a Champions League final before, you know what I mean? But it was desperate times, man. You know what I mean? And I get it. But, like, a lot of people, like, people like Gary Neville need to need to know that this they're responsible for what happened in these last three years, too. It's, it's not our fault. It's their fault. Because Paris should have been a moment where, like, yeah, you know, the team's getting better. It should have never been a moment where, like, make him sign a contract. Because that's pretty much what happened. And after that, we've, we've had to live through the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer era. And like I said, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, he, he was a great player. But the team was average all the time, man. The performances were never great. It was always up and down. We, we've always had Oli out moments since he got hired, bro. You know what I mean? So we just have to treat it that way, man. Yeah, the, the, the big point about it is as well is we have a team now that on paper should be a lot better than they are. 
and that, that's the biggest point I can make because it, under some of the previous managers we've had, or a couple of the previous managers, they some of them have made some average players look really good. Yeah. But in this case, we've got some very good players and they're looking really average. And that is a problem. That is a problem when that happens. And they they they, they just thought like they, they have no cohesion. And when you have no cohesion, like it, they're looking at each other and you're like, this isn't it's it's not like it's his first year. And oh yeah, they're, they're, they're adapting to what they've been told to do and stuff like that. This is a three-year thing, and I'm like, you should know by now what your roles are, what you have to do, and how you have to go about games and manage games. You know, I mean, I, I thought, I thought personally, I thought it was a mistake as well to give Harry Maguire the armband for what? You can't just go and throw the armband at him. You know, it. it you give it to you give it to someone else that understands the club that has been there for a while that knows the squad most importantly that knows the squad well. Let's let's give Ollie the benefit of the doubt though because I think um, and this is why it's the Ollie out podcast right now but we still have to be honest because the time he gave Maguire the captaincy Nessalai um, we had no playmakers in midfield at that time so Bruno hadn't arrived we were still we we still had Pereira in midfield don't forget that. Maguire was pretty much the big signing, him and Juan Bissaka at that point, remember? And remember that point, we were struggling to, like, just compete in games, you know? So that's 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 the main reason he gave Maguire the captaincy at that point, because he, he needed a lead at that point. And the only problem with Maguire right now is, like, the team is taking it to the next level now. Like, Maguire has to step his game up, too. He has to step his ambitions up as well. And he's failing to do that right now. Because Maguire has to understand, like, you 85 million. That means you're ranked in the same position with Virgil van Dijk. That's that's what your price tag is telling the team right now. But you're not living up to expectations. And they bring in Varane. What makes it worse for me is, like, when I saw him and Varane paired up together against Tottenham, the Spurs game... Varane was just controlling the whole situation. I look at Maguire, I'm like, bro, this should be you, though, man. Maguire just needs to buck his ideas up. And maybe that's on Ollie, but that's on Maguire, too. And, uh, I mean, personally, he he gets found out in a two. He's too slow to be in a... He needs to have someone very... First of all, he either needs to have someone very quick next to him. And this comes to my next point, as why why someone like Eric, Eric Bayer has not been playing more. That... Um, you you put him in a two. You have either have to have someone with pace next to him, or it will just fold away because he's way too slow. And you put him in a three, and yeah, he plays well for England. But any centre back can look good in a three. Yeah, any centre back can look good in that if you've got three centre backs playing. So it, it's a big difference playing in a two to playing in a three. And he's just getting found out by that. And this is why time after time after time, and this is one of the things that so whether it's Solskjaer is coaching stuff, whatever it is. You can see that something is wrong. Yeah, you can see that Lindelof is too slow, too slow to be playing next to Maguire because Maguire is also slow. And then you get and you get guys like Eric Bailly sitting on the bench the whole time, not getting us, not getting a chance. You know, sometimes you've got to give them a chance. If things are going well, yeah, fair enough. You know, some guys like we've got Donny as well. Yeah, if things are going well and you're you're not quite sure to play him yet, fine. You know, keep him on the bench. But when things are going badly and you're still keeping these players on the bench. I, that uh, that baffles me to be honest. It just I just didn't understand it. 
Yeah, that's a very, very good point, Sean. Very, very good point. CJ, you look like you want to say something. What are you saying? A lot of these players are living off the price tag, you know. And um, Fed, uh, I just want to mention one more player. And I did mention him in the um, the Euro podcast. Paul Pogba, man. Mohamed Bond is going to love this one, man. But um, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I've defended Paul Pogba since he got to United, man. Four years ago, bro. I defended him through the, the Mourinho era, you know what I mean? But Pogba, honestly, he, he's let me down, man. Big time. He's let me down. He's seen this team crumble twice. And he's always gone hiding. Every time we've been in the Champions League with uh, Pogba, he's never delivered. He's never delivered at all when it comes to Pogba. He's never delivered. Then, uh, then on top of that, with, with Pogba now, he's he's injured again. But he's going to go on a free one more time. So the club won't, won't even be able to sell Paul Pogba again. I have to call Pogba, uh, Pogba out, man, because he's another reason Ole got fired. As much as I never wanted Ole to be in the club, he's another reason Ole got fired. He's never stood up for this club, regardless. And I, I, I feel I had to say that because it's too much for me, bro. Because end of the day, like Pogba's going to like leave on a free in a couple of months. And I hope people know that. We spent 90 million pounds just to get him back. And now he's going to leave on a free and probably go to Madrid. So I, I just hope everyone realizes what what I'm saying and what Paul Pogba did. I had to call him out specifically for that reason because I've defended him for too long, but he's never represented my club, man. Ever. And he's not a world-class midfielder. Wow. I wasn't expecting that last bit, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Some very, very interesting points there, though. Shano, what are your thoughts? What are you saying? I mean... Fair, fair, fair points on, on all that. I think for me, and I've thought this for a long time about Paul Pogba, he, he's one of those players, and we've all seen this, he, he can't lead a team. He can't lead a midfield. He needs players around him to be able to do that. He's, he's the kind of player that if your team is a cake, you've got the cake, you've got the icing. He's a cherry that goes on top of a very good cake. So he will make very good teams better, I think. Personally, I think he thrives in already well-functioning teams. And he, he has that element of sort of, he can do some ridiculous things sometimes for the football. So he, he, has that, he has that talent that is there, but he can't play, he can't carry teams. And he can't, if, if things aren't going well and he's not got support around him, he can't do it, which is a shame because we've all wanted him to do it. And he's had plenty of opportunities to do it. And I think I think that is one of the things that I think that's one of the things that frustrated Mourinho as well at the time when he was there, because yeah, it might people might say that oh he was he might have been um, I don't know not allowing Paul Pogba to to express himself or whatever 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 it is. But I think Mourinho the, the biggest thing with him is that he loves. He, he, I think what he hates the most, he hates world-class talented players that don't seem to want to get better or put the effort in more. I think when there is so much potential there to get even 
greater and even better. I think that's what irks him the most. But I mean, well, that's a different story. But with Paul Pogba, yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever you said is correct. And now he's going to leave on a free man, and he's going to act like uh, it wasn't his fault, which, which is what was irked me the most, because. Like I say, the reason this is the Ole Out podcast is because we're talking about Ole Out. People need to understand, like, Ole is a club legend. You you saw him cry in the interview. He he really loved this club. He just wasn't up for the job. Because this, this could have been me, Shano, Fatson, running United for the last three years. And none of us would have been up for the job going up against Guardiola, you know what I mean? There's no question about that. But a, a few people need to be pointed out. And I think Pogba needs to be pointed out because Pogba never came through for his manager. And Ole made it a point that uh, Pogba always felt good about his situation in the club. And I think Pogba let him down too, man. I, I truly do. I think Pogba let him down. I think Pogba never improved as a midfielder. Pogba never like controlled the midfield when the midfield needed to be controlled. I think Pogba is the main reason that you see Scott McTominay and Fred in midfield too, because they don't trust him, man. Because, dude, you remember when Paul Scholes used to get yellow cards? Everyone would be like, oh, Scholes is a bad tackler. But Scholes would always track back and tackle people, bro. Scholes was always holding down the fort, man. For me, it's so frustrating with Pogba. We know the ability that he's got. But I'm listening to, to what you just said there and the, and the way you've broken it down. It's a very interesting way to look at it. It's something that I've never, I never actually looked at and considered in that much depth until now. It was, it was Pogba's time to lead. Pogba's time to show what he can do. He was given that opportunity, given every opportunity to do that, and 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 he failed in that, unfortunately. And we we, we then went and got Bruno Fernandez. The most annoying thing about it is if you look at someone like Bruno Fernandez, Paul Pogba is more talented than Bruno Fernandez, in my opinion. If Paul Pogba had, I don't know, three quarters of the, the, the energy that Bruno Fernandez has, it'd be a world beater. Shut up, but you have to realize, you know, the thing is, with when it comes to Bruno, right? Because Bruno, he's he plays the number 10 position. So Bruno plays next to the striker. Pogba wants to play that position. But Pogba, where he, where he, he fails so short in his mind, is like, bro... You are supposed to be like Xavi Iniesta level, like Zizou level. You know what I mean? You don't need to play next to the striker. You should dominate the midfield, man. Pogba is all about goals and assists. That's all it is. And that's why I said I mentioned in the Euro podcast, when he scored the goal against Switzerland, he he struck a pose. He forgot everything about the game. He's the he's the one who let go of the player when he had it when it, when it was time to defend. I, I mentioned all this when it was time to defend. Make sure you, your your team closes down or gets the ball and just pass it around. He never did that, and that's Paul Pogba for you in a nutshell, man. Uh, uh, I still I still haven't listened to the Euro podcast because I'm not quite ready yet. I think I'll be ready after England win the World Cup in 2022. <laughs> Still a sore subject for you, Sean. It's a good listen, bro. Listen to it. Uh, we called out all these dudes, and like with Pogba, it was the same thing. It's like Pogba when he scored when he scored that big time goal against Switzerland. He acted like he was a big man, but when it was time to close the game, he he's the one who gave away the goal. You know what I'm saying? And that's Paul Pogba for you in a nutshell. 
And that's why he couldn't thrive for United. That's why he's never held down the midfield United. And I think that's why he's one of the reasons, if not the main reason, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't have a job at United. Right? Like I said, like I said earlier, it's so frustrating. All the ability in the world, but it's like he picks and chooses when he wants to turn it on and off. And and that's what I struggle with and what I find most frustrating about Paul Pogba. Me personally, boys, I'm telling you right now, I think Paul Pogba is the main reason Solskjaer doesn't have a job right now. Main reason. Main reason. It has, it has nothing to do with, like, uh, Ronaldo um, messing up the team's balance or anything. It has nothing to do with, like, Rashford being injured or Greenwood. It has to do with Paul Pogba not holding down the fort for the team. Paul Pogba was supposed to become a leader and get better as a midfielder. He was supposed to become a world-class midfielder these last two years. He didn't do it for Oli, bro. He flopped. And then he got injured again when Oli needed it the most. And Oli got fired. But Oli trusted him to death, man. And I, I'm telling you boys right now, I'm telling all the listeners, Paul Pogba is the main reason Oli Gunnar has lost his job. Apart from Oli just being inept with the job, but Paul Pogba is one of the main reasons. And one thing I will let the United fans know is like, watch in the next four to five months. If United plays well, Pogba will join the team again. If United doesn't play well, Pogba's going to try escape to either PSG or Madrid. But we spent £90 million on that dude. He should have delivered more, and he didn't. And he's going to roll on the free. He's the reason Solskjaer has lost his job. Very, very interesting, CJ. You've, you've, you've brought some interesting points to the table, which... um taken me by surprise if i'm honest and it's, it's it's definitely food for thought and something for me to to digest a bit but as you guys know the podcast is called ollie out and we have discussed ollie out we do however need to quickly mull over who's next boys i mean uh, i was quite pleasantly surprised to to hear the appointment of um ralph rangnick as our interim boss I think it's it's a very good move, in my opinion. I I know a lot of people will be like, "Oh, you probably just googled him today, or whatever." No, I know who he is. <laughs> like, it's not like you know we, we don't know who he is. I know he's been under the radar a little bit, but you know his history and stuff. And I remember him when he was at Schalke, and they played us <clears throat> in the in the Champions League in 2011. I remember bits and pieces of him. I'm not going to say um sort of a, a, a scholar in his work, but you understand the kind of philosophy he has, the kind of person that he is and coach that he is. I mean, he 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 brought the the gang impressing style to Germany when it wasn't when it wasn't fashionable. So I think it'll be an interesting time the next six months. It will be I think it'll be a wake up call for a lot of the players playing a new style. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that gets implemented, but it's it's nice to see that there, he, he does come with a ready-made vision and ready-made style. Um, and if we if, if the, the rumors are true and we've offered him a two-year contract after that as a, as a development sort of person in a development sort of role, then great. Then I think we'll need to get a manager in place that also matches up to his philosophy. Um, 
personally, I know I know Poch. Everyone's saying Poch is the number one target, but I think I think Ter- Eric Ten Hag will have more of a more of a style preference to to what Rangnick will want and what he will bring. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. But I think it's a good move at the moment. Um, yeah, I think it's a good move. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But it's not it, it's not a it doesn't look like we're tripping ourselves up, really. But we'll wait and see. Yep, I hear you. I hear you, Mister Shelf Life. C to the J. What are you saying, bro? Me personally, boss. I, I won't even lie to you. I was I was hoping this move was gonna happen anyway. Because my opinion with this with this whole team in general, I don't really care who the like the manager is right now. It, they just need to be coached up at this point, man. This team needs a serious coach right now, man. Like, as much as we're talking about Ollie again and the players who let him down, Ollie never coached this team up, man. And it's so obvious, man. It's like, dude, can we just get a serious coach who's actually going to coach this team up? Even if it's going to be, like, defensively. Can you please just coach this team up, man? How is your defense conceding four goals? Every game right now, you know what I mean? It's yes, it's it's a lack of coachability, man. Do you know what I mean? At least we just get a serious coach, and let's see what a serious coach looks like with this team, because I don't believe anyone when they say this team is like garbage. This team has a lot of talent in it, man. It just needs to be coached up. So I, I just prefer the team to be coached up. And um, with Ragnik, um, I'm happy he came in because I know how he develops teams. If they're going to give him the, the post for, like, another two years when it comes to, like, just making decisions or, like, helping out the director of football, whether it's, like, um, uh, whether it's uh, Darren Fletcher, you know, as long as he, he gives his input and he gives us, like, the best strategy needed, I'll be happy about that. But first and foremost, like, my initial thing is just, like, please coach this team up. A lot of these pundits, like Gary Neville... Like um, Schmeichel, what they don't realize is we have players like Ronaldo and Varane in the team right now, okay? You can bring up stupid ideas like, hey, let's just have Steve Bruce in, like coaching the team right now. Like, this team needs serious coaching because this team is in win-out mode right now, guys. And we have some dons in the team as well. Let's not disrespect them, okay? We have seven months left of the season. Let's see what we can do with the rest of the season. Even if we not win the Premier League, at least let's go on a 10-game winning streak or something. You know what I mean, man? Let's be respectable about this, man. But it would be nice to see the team just be coached up for once, man. I think it's going to be a bit of a wake-up call. Uh, I think I mentioned before for the players, us as fans, I think we have to be a little bit patient. We have to be a little bit patient while whilst these ideas are getting implemented. We all remember, and I, I remember this. I, I was I was one of the ones that was laughing at it. Do you remember when 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 Jurgen Klopp was with Liverpool and they went to their away fans after drawing two all with West Brom and sort of raised their hands, and we were all taking the piss. We're like, this Liverpool team, they 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 don't look like they've got a style. They don't look like they've got an identity. Oh, they're going to finish seventh, eighth again. Oh, who is this guy? What is he? He's not doing anything. You know, it's just another flop. But they were patient with him, and they could see from behind the scenes that he was implementing a style and it paid off for them. I think we have to be a bit patient now and let the man do his work. 
it's going to upset a few players. I think it will upset a few players, but they've got to it's they've got to earn their money now as well. Uh, and you know the one thing about people forget about Klopp is, dude. I remember when Klopp came into the league, man. Liverpool were playing really good football by like week three already, man. They they just had a really leaky defense. But don't forget, he took them to the Europa League like finals like twice, man. Like. They were they were they were still slamming, man. They just needed a, lot, a few things that he had to fix, but they were like still putting the ball in the back of the net, net easily. You know what I mean? Even with no. even with Guardiola, when Guardiola came in, his concepts were still in the game. You know what I'm saying? So like, it should never in modern sports, guys. In modern sports, it shouldn't take you more than three years. That's very fair, and a good point as well that you just made is that Guardiola took over a much worse team than. Rangnick has take, taken over now, I think. So, so it, it, in theory, it should be implemented quicker. Indeed, indeed. Um, I guess only time will tell, really, boys. And, and we've just got to trust in the process once again. Let's see what happens. Let's believe and let's hope for the best. It didn't work out with Oli, unfortunately. You know, which you know, but but that's in the past now. We we can't dwell on that. We've just got to look to the future and and like I said, hope for the best. We called this was the emergency podcast that we 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 had we had initially called this, but um, <laughs> we we had we had to discuss it. It was something that we we couldn't not talk about, given given the fact that we are we are diehard United supporters. Shano, any final thoughts? What are you saying, bro? Well, I think look, we we've got to look forward now. Like you said, I'm quite happy with the decision that we're going to get Ralph Ragnick till till the end end of the season. Great. If we can then get one of Mauricio Pochettino or Eric Ten Hag, great. I think it will do well. Having and having Rangnick in the background can only help. It, that style of football is the in thing at the moment. You see, all the best managers in the world are playing that style of football. I mean, Pep is a Pep is an ex- exception, but he has his own style, which you can't argue with. Um, We've got to look forward. Look, we've got a good squad. Yeah, It's not all doom and gloom. We have a good squad. They've got to buy into what we're doing. And we have to just forget about what's happened now. You know, water under the bridge is done. We can't, we can't keep dwelling on that and looking back, oh, what might have been and stuff like that. Look forward. Be positive. And, yeah, I'm sure good things will come. We, and be, be, we've got to be a bit patient. I'm sure good things will come. Um, they've got to... Uh, there have been too many mistakes for them to keep making the same ones. I, I, I would hope and I would like to think. So let's see. The, uh, hopefully the future is bright. And hopefully we get a, a few more Sus. <laughs> I'm with you on that. C to the J, what do you say, my bro? I just, um, I just hope right now the club is more serious about football than they've ever been. Of the club, like realizes, like, look, man, it's not a game anymore, man. This is not a commercial stuff. We've been way too commercial for the last ten years, and it's starting to expose us and get shown up. So, I really hope we've changed on that forefront. But like, as of right now, man, look, we we got a great squad. I won't lie to you, man. We've got Jaden Sancho, we've got Rafael Varane. As much as I shit on like Maguire today, we still got Maguire. He was 85 million pounds for a reason at one point. We still have David De Gea, Rashford, 
all these guys, man. So people just need to show and prove. And I'm sure, like, with the right coaching, we'll be more competitive this season. That's all I hope for right now, man. I just want to, I just want to see this team be competitive for once or just at least give us a decent program for us to, like, live off for a season. That's all I hope for, man. There's nothing else I hope for because I've, I've, I've watched too much of United for the last 10 years to be, like, wishful for thinking about the Premier League or the Champions League or anything. Please just show us some good football for, like, the next 10 weeks, man. That's all we're hoping for, man. Be serious for once, man. Can you do that, man? Because if you can do that, the fan base will be happy. But if you don't, man, and I just want I just want the Glazers to know, if you do not do that, you're going to lose your fan base this time. Because you have CR7 in the team now. If CR7 is not competitive this season, and you guys are so lucky we didn't get into Europa League. If CR7, we don't see him compete this season, they're going to lose the fan base this year, man. So, I'm just hoping with Ragnar coming into the team, the team will be more developed, more focused, more competitive, and then we'll see what happens these these next seven months, man. That's all I can wish for now, boys. Yeah, for me, I'm going to take it right back to basics. I think, you know, we've we've been through a lot over the last few years as Manchester United supporters. We've seen managers come and go. Ollie's no longer at the wheel. That ship sailed, and, and I think we just need to look to the future, continue to support our team. Stand, you know, get behind the club, and hope for the best. Let's bring success and glory back to back to Old Trafford. Let's make let's make Old Trafford a fortress once again. But as supporters, I think we need to stick together and and get behind the club. That's all we can do, really. You know, believe. We've always been taught to believe in the darkest of times, and and it's paid off in the past. So why can't we do it again? You know. So let's look to the future and hope for the best. Better, like I've said. We can hope for the best. But I'm putting it out here right now. There's seven months left of the season. Make us proud, man. All the tools are there. In the squad, all the tools are there. The one thing I think we can all agree on is we're all sailing in the same boat. And and all we want is the best for for our club, you know? And and let's and let's hope for the best. Let's see what happens. Shano, Mr. Superstar, my twin, my day one. Thank you so much for coming back onto the podcast. I love and appreciate you more than you'll ever know, bro. Thank you so much once again, man. Fadson, as always, always a pleasure to be on here. This is home for me, you know. CJ Fadson, it's just like us talking, like we always talk. But I'm quite surprised. We haven't had as many arguments as we usually do. We've agreed on quite a few things today, which is great which is great. I'm sure those arguments will come at some point, but look, a pleasure as always. Loved it as always. Thank you for having me again. That's not a problem, bro. Honestly, you're always welcome, as you know. <laughs> some of these episodes I can't do without you anyway, so you know, you're know you part of the furniture just as much as CJ is. So um, <laughs> it is what it is. Player, player, C to the J. What are you saying, my bro? Any final thoughts? Nah, man, uh, the discussion is going to end well, Ben. Shano, like you said, uh, you're surprised we didn't have any arguments. So I don't, man, like sometimes when the family is at war, man, we have to stick together. You know what I'm saying, right? It just, it just is what it is. We, we, all, all the other bullshit aside, like if we have like fan favorites or whatnot, we'll focus on them when we get better again. But right now we have to hunker down and make sure the team is okay. Then apart from that, like I told you, Liverpool, you dudes are still fumblers. I don't care about you. 
Chelsea, I see you. Tuchel's doing his thing, but uh, you still bore me. Arsenal, I'll remember you when you do something spectacular, but until then, you're still Arsenal. Spurs, I told you you should have sold Harry Kane. Not worth 150 mil, I told you, but you wanted to keep him, you know why? Because Daniel Levy is still your chairman. That's how your life is always going to be. Cheap skates with a big stadium, but it's okay. Enjoy Conte. He'll leave you in like six months when he realizes you guys are broke and you can't <laughs> spend any money on him. But anyway, guys, man. <laughs> another classic, another one in the bag. This is the Ollie Out episode. It's been me, Shano, and CJ. What are they going to do with us, CJ, man? What are they going to do with us? <laughs> Originators. And on that note, I'm going to sign out. So from me, Fatson. The lifestyle is deep, and until the next time, we're out here, we're outside. Peace.